Compliance Clarified, a podcast by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence. Hello and welcome to Compliance Clarified, a podcast for risk and compliance professionals brought to you by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence. Each week, we discuss news stories and topical issues from our journalists and analysts in the US, Europe, Asia and Australia. I'm Alexander Robson, Managing Editor, coming to you today from London. And I'm speaking to Mike Cowan, Senior Regulatory Intelligence Expert, and Lindsay Rogerson, Senior Editor, about the UK Financial Conduct Authority's consumer duty, which comes into force at the end of this month. So, Lindsay, the consumer duty is the FCA response to a call by UK lawmakers for financial services firms to have a duty of care to their customers. Can you just uh, briefly recap for listeners how we got here? Yes, Alex, of course. Here we go with my brief history of how we got to where we are with consumer duty. So back in April 2019, the FCA under Andrew Bailey, who of course is now the governor of the Bank of England, actually rejected the idea of introducing a duty of care for financial firms, only to find himself overruled a couple of years later after the House of Lords forced an amendment to the Financial Services Act 2021. And in a deal that was brokered between the government and the House of Lords, we got this requirement that the FCA had a year to bring forward rules. And this wording was specifically introduce a level of care that firms should provide to consumers. Um, So this turned into the consumer duty. And then last July, the FCA set out uh, detailed rules um, which take effect in two weeks for new and existing products. And then from July 2024 for back book products. Just before we move on, I I think it is important to note the consumer duty is the FCA's interpretation of an instruction it got from lawmakers. What we're about to find out in a couple of weeks' time, along with regulated firms, is whether those lawmakers think that the FCA has actually got this right. Mike, as Lindsay just said, uh, firms had a year to prepare for the consumer duty. And I think it would be fair to say that the regulator has also issued an unprecedented level of guidance to firms. It also built in staging steps to help firms implement the duty. How's that gone? Yeah, thanks, Alex. Yeah, you're right. There's been a significant lead time to get to to get us to the 31st of July deadline. And Lindsay mentioned two weeks there. Well, I think I've calculated that as of today's date, that's the 10th of July when we're recording, uh, there are precisely 16 working days remaining before the deadline for the introduction of the new requirements. So I guess that if you're a firm that's coming to this new, then there's little chance of being compliant by the 31st of July. From a regulatory perspective, I think the FCA will be pleased with how they have tried to guide firms towards compliance. Uh, Since the final rules and guidance came into force in July 2022, the FCA has used a number of tools to help clarify its expectations. For example, by the end of October 2022, Boards of directors were required to have agreed their plans and be able to evidence, scrutinise and challenge them. And a sample of these plans were reviewed by the FCA and findings issued in January 2023. There's been a series of portfolio letters covering all sectors that spell out the main areas that the firm should focus on when preparing for implementation. And more recently, there's been a survey of just over 1,200 firms 
to try and help understand how prepared firms were and how the FCA could support firms to embed the duty in the time left. And even with one month to go, the FCA had whittled down its list of questions that firms should pose themselves, which were issued its original guidance in July last year, and it whittled them down to 10 key questions covering subjects like assessments of product design, vulnerability, fair value, data in MI, and testing communications, among one or two others. And in support of all this, there have been the usual speeches, webinars, roadshows that have all explained the different elements of the consumer duty to firms um, and those that need, need to know. Now, for firms, there's a lot to take in here. Um, at the outset, the FCA were keen to stress that they were looking for the consumer duty to be embedded in firms' cultures. And this obviously takes time. It takes leadership by board and senior management and relies on the governance structure within firms being sound um, to be able to deliver on this, well, let's be honest, a very large subject area. And where the governance structures haven't been in place or need strengthening, then the need to improve this area is an added side effect that the duty brings. Now, the FCA's reviews and surveys have acted like a dipstick test of how firms were doing and are perhaps the closest thing we have to understanding whether firms are going to be prepared for the 31st of July deadline. Uh, for example, in the review of implementation plans, where the findings were issued in January, as I've said, the FCA concluded that firms have, well, in general, understood and embraced the shift to focus on consumer outcomes, established extensive programs of work to embed the duty, and are engaging with the substantive requirements, including the four outcome areas. However, it's also suggested some firms may be further behind in their thinking and planning, and this brings a risk that they not be ready in time, or they may struggle to embed the duty by the 31st of July. And this was further endorsed by the spring survey, where encouragingly, 64% of firms surveyed said that they would be fully compliant by the deadline, and a further 23% said that they would comply with most requirements, but would still have some work to do. However, worryingly, 7% of firms surveyed said that they would still have significant work to do after the deadline, or even had not even started uh, preparation uh, on the duty at all. And a sort of final point here, some of the issues, I mean, even as late as May this year, were quite significant. For example, firms wanted more information on issues like outcomes monitoring and the price and value outcome. And the latter even prompted the FCA to review and issue a report on fair value frameworks. This single example sort of highlights the depth of issues that firms had to face with only two or three months to go. The FCA found that firms needed to consider things like collecting and monitoring evidence that demonstrates fair value, that have clear oversight and accountability of the necessary remedial action, uh, ensuring sufficient analysis of the distribution of outcomes across their consumer groups, and summary, summarizes and presents fair value assessments in a way that enables decision makers to understand and opine on fair value issues. So, in summary, after all of that, 
a lot of work has been undertaken, a lot of engagement has been seen, but still some firms are finding the dead deadline difficult to meet. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. Lindsay, is the consumer duty going to improve outcomes for consumers? And, and how will we know if it has? Has the FCA published any metrics to gauge success? Yeah, interesting you should ask about metrics, Alex. Um, by the time this podcast goes out, um, we should have some information on at least one metric the FCA will be using to measure success. The Treasury Committee asked Nicol Raffi, the chief executive of the FCA last week, uh, some rather really pointed questions on just this, and he was given till the 14th of July to to answer them. Now, to put this in context, this is in the context of the um, sort of ongoing cost of living crisis and the Treasury Committee's, uh, since January, it's had an inquiry going into why banks have not been passing through the 13, I think it is, base rate rises that we've had since December 2021 to their savings customers. So that's the context here. One of the questions that they have asked Mr. Raffi to respond to is how um, it, and so they mean the FCA, will be able to judge what is fair value and specifically what metrics and comparisons the FCA will use to assess it. So they're asking the FCA, you've been telling firms for a year, this is what you want to see. As Mike just alluded to, they published very a very recent paper on assessing fair value because it, it was perhaps... The trickiest area, I think, that firms implementing the consumer duty have 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 had, and so on that side of it. But now the lawmakers are coming along and saying, "Well, we'd like to see how you're going to mark their homework." And so it will be interesting to see what metrics. Of of course, you know, this is as we're constantly being told, the FCA is an outcomes focused regulator, so it actually has to have some metrics. Um, you know, you think they would have been put in place way back when this started because you don't decide the end point without of any exercise without deciding how you're going to check whether you've got there so the short answer is right now we don't know um but we should hopefully have a little bit of detail in one tiny area very soon alex mike what's your sense about whether the consumer duty is is actually going to work well alex i think there's there's no doubt that the consumer duty does advance the FCA's thinking about customer outcomes. It takes the shoots that were developed under the Treating Customers Fairly banner and uses those lessons to focus on what is best for the customer. That said, I think it's fair to say that some firms won't be compliant by the deadline. Uh, the FCA has said as much, and I, and I think the FCA and some firms perhaps are preparing themselves for the next phase. And we might find that some sectors are particularly prone to non-compliance. Uh, it's worth noting that the spring survey was an anonymous survey of, of like I say, just over 1,200 firms. So the figures of 64% and 23% of those claiming that they would be ready or partly ready 
are local opinions which haven't been verified. But even then, the FCA referred to two outlier sectors in the survey, that's retail finance providers and debt advice firms, that are probably most prone to non-compliance on the 31st of July. I would still expect, though, that those firms with a dedicated supervisor to be on top of this. And if not, that that supervisor would know. The consumer duty would have undoubtedly been a topic, if not the main topic of conversation, for a number of months now. So, from what I've seen, the firms that are more at risk are probably the smaller ones who don't have a dedicated supervisor and probably sit in the consumer credit sector or maybe some of the smaller investment firms. I, I expect that larger banks, insurers, investment firms to have been prepared thoroughly for implementation. But as to what's next, then I think we fall back to the FCA's normal regulatory approach. I think supervisors will be expected to assess the level of compliance within, within their firms. Um, I would expect to see some form of thematic review to mop up compliance in those firms that don't have a dedicated supervisor, for example. But I have to say, you know, given the lead-up time to implementation and the amount of time and effort that the FCA has given to briefing firms, then I don't expect a great deal of sympathy from the regulator. That said, the FCA have stated that it will be proportionate to the harm or risk of harm to consumers, prioritising the most serious breaches and acting swiftly and assertively. The FCA have said that in some cases, firms can expect the FCA to take robust action, uh, such as interventions or investigations, along with possible disciplinary sanctions. I would expect enforcement actions to follow depending on the severity of the breaches and it may be that where possible the FCA will look for a larger firm so that it can demonstrate to others the importance of delivering on the duty. Lindsay, the FCA appears to have had a change of heart about how quickly it will move to enforcement over the last year. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, no, absolutely Alex. So um, to sort of draw on Mike's point about um, the messaging we've had from the FCA most recently about it will move swiftly. So um, go back a year to July 2022. I was locked in a room at the um, FCA building at uh, Stratford with a bunch of other journalists and we were being briefed on the on the duty ahead of it going live. And I asked Sheldon Mills, who's the executive uh, director for consumers, how quickly will we see enforcement cases? And back then he said, firms have to be given time for this to bed in. And so really, you know, 12 months would be fair. Um, I reported all this at the time. Um, and to be absolutely fair to, to Sheldon Mills, that is the norm. You know, if you look at any piece of European legislation, once it comes into force, the regulators always kind of, you get a free pass for a year while they sort things out. So that was, that's the kind of standard uh, fare. However, what we have seen um, recently is not only the rhetoric ramping up and the um, external pressure from lawmakers, which, which I'll, um, I've already talked about, but I'll come on to again in a minute, but the FCA itself seems to have had a rethink, as, as you said, in their business plan for the coming year, back in April, I think it was, they said in there that they have created a division in enforcement. Um, I think they've spent about 5.3 million setting it up. And that this team was specifically there to, to 
go after, prosecute or, or whatever the right parlance is, uh, the consumer duty, people who were not, were not there. So as Mike says, I think we are going to see and if you look at also, sorry, uh, obviously the FCA has a has a new chairman since this, uh, you know, Ashley Alder has arrived in the in the middle of this year of implementation. Now, Ashley Alder, in his um, confirmation hearings uh, last year with the Treasury Set Committee, said, you know, that in his approach in Hong Kong had been to bring a few high profile enforcement cases as, you know, to basically nudge everybody else into line. And so building on what Mike said and what Ashley Alder has done in Hong Kong, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a few cases, maybe a large firm, we will certainly see small firms, relatively quickly just to nudge everybody else along. And one of the reasons I think that, and we'll get a bit more of it, is the Treasury Select Committee. One of the other questions in that letter to Nicole Raffi was, what supervisory or enforcement action is available to you if firms do not set rates at fair value in line with the consumer duty? And then how quickly will you be able to achieve, achieve change if firms aren't meeting these requirements? So they are actually asking for a timeline from the FCA on this. So I, I really do think we will see that because, it, and it's also not just in the savings area, we've seen political pressure from both the government and the Treasury Select Committee over mortgages. Um, you know, we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis. Bad debt is gonna start to go up. Uh, forbearance is going to be a real issue. Um, and, and so we are, I think this is going to be the stick that lawmakers use to beat the FCA up if it is not seen to be acting quickly. I can see a lot of trouble ahead for regulators and firms with this. Uh, Mike, I'll give you the final word, but do you think the consumer duty is going to be a silver bullet? I'm not sure that I believe in silver bullets anymore, Alex, to be honest, but um Look, I think for those firms that take it seriously and embed it, embed it appropriately, they will see the results. And I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of, you know, that they will see results not only in compliance and regulatory issues, but that will support business as well. But it's not something the firm can do on the side, so to speak. You know, carry on their day-to-day -day business, giving a nod to the requirements of the duty at regular intervals. I mean, that's something you just can't do with this. You need... To satisfy what the FCA wants, your firms need to take a more holistic approach to it uh, and it should be embraced by the whole firm. That said, there will be firms who won't engage and give the initiative lip service. Some firms will look to cut corners. And in those cases, I would expect the FCA to take a pretty hard line, in fairness. I mean, uh, given the, the caution that, that Lindsay's are, uh, uh, outlined. Will the consumer duty solve all ails? Uh, it won't answer every question that firms have, but what it does do is it creates a, a fuller context, shall we say, um, a, a more structured format that all questions can be asked of. And the, the answer to those questions, well, in a, in a lot, lot of cases, they won't come from the regulator. It'll be down to the individual firms to understand what the consumer duty is getting at and answer them themselves. To use a footballing analogy, and, and, and let's be honest about what's happened in the last year or more, the FCA have supplied the pitch here, they've given the industry the ball, the goalposts are set up, and they've even sketched out the white lines on the pitch. But it's now up to the firm's senior management 
to play on that pitch. Yeah, well, that seems an appropriate point to leave it. Uh, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Lindsay. That's it for this week's Compliance Clarified. Your feedback is important to us, so please give us a rating on your podcasting platform of choice. Or you can get in touch directly. Our contact details are in the show notes. For more information about regulatory intelligence, please search for Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence or check the show notes for a link. Compliance Clarified. A podcast by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence.